Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 29, part 2, or 29.5. We'll explain that in a moment, but tonight we'll be covering Dead Dicks, which is coming to us courtesy of Art Exploitation Films, and it's actually called Dead Dicks. It's not just us being funny and clever like we normally are. I am one half of your hosting duo, JP podcasting on this August 8th, 2020 at approximately 2 p.m. And joining me tonight is Carly podcasting out of Southwestern Pennsylvania. What's up? I am sad. Why? Because we are doing part dose (laughs) of this recording. And I am so sad. Dude, I'm like literally sick to my stomach over it. Me too. Like, I'm miserable feeling. Uh, I almost so, ha- What's that? And you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to say it. it's gross. Okay. I was going to say I almost suffered a diarrhea over it. Ew, dude. Way to ruin the podcast again. Do you want not comedy? We can be not comical this whole ep if you would like. I prefer to be dead this whole ep, pretty much. Dude, you can't go in with this at honestly it it makes me so mad because we had we literally just lost a three hour recording a three hour recording this was in three hour episode we had so much content packed into there our reviews were on point we were really going in depth on everything it it just kind of sucks because it was actually probably one of our better episodes yep it was and for some reason the recording software i use just decided overnight to change its settings i have no clue how stuff like that happens i've never understood it and it just it literally just stopped working so i have a three-hour recording of just me yeah you put that out as bonus content oh dude it's so annoying like i cringe every time i look at it because i'm just so miserable about it I can't, this is the worst part of podcasting. It's happened to me about four times, losing an entire episode. And you just feel defeated and don't feel like recording. But unfortunately, the way that this show is, like, we don't have the ability to, like, do this late at a later date. Like, we just have to get this episode out because there was specific things that we were covering in this episode that just need to be done. So... This will be an abridged version of that. We're going to cut out entire segments that we had. I'm sorry. Uh, I honestly shouldn't even tell you guys that because it's just going to make this one seem more negative and and, um, and not as good. But uh, I just, I'm I'm kind of annoyed. Um, It sucks. Uh, But yeah, so, I mean, briefly, what did you do this last week? (laughs) I went on vacation with my mother. Uh, we went to Maryland, uh, went in Annapolis, and it was kind of, you know, random. We went to a beach the one day. The next day, we explored downtown Annapolis and did a ghost tour. And then on the final day, we, on the way home, we stopped in Baltimore to see Edgar Allan Poe's burial site, which was really cool. I've always wanted to see that. That's the type of stuff that really intrigues me. I enjoy going to town like old historic towns and like i like the ghost stores i come to find i like that more than sitting on a beach and frying even though that was fun too but that's kind of the gist of what i did uh last week after we recorded on tuesday that was wednesday thursday friday saturday we went on that vacation and then 
Uh, other than that, I've pretty much just been hanging out, watching movies, the usual stuff. So what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a pretty basic week for me. I had a funny story um, involving breakfast food, but um, yeah, that's gone too. So it makes me stop dude it sucks telling people what you had i know because i'm not going to retell the story because it it, it won't be funny this time um but essentially i made myself look really dumb to a co-worker um when they asked me to take food out of the freezer for them to cook so i they were they asked me to take it out at 4 a.m and i was training somebody else and basically I completely forgot and normally I'm really good at remembering work stuff but I, I forgot to take it out and then they came in and uh, or it was like 10 minutes before they're supposed to come in and I was like oh my god I forgot to take out this food but then luckily somebody left the freezer open all night so everything was defrosted <laughs> which worked you, out for okay, me. Okay what I did not ask this on the previous part one of the episode. What do you mean they left the freezer open? They left it wide open? Yeah, like, like somebody forgot crack. to close the freezer. It wasn't wide open, but it was open. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so everything in there was defrosted. So it kind of worked out. But then I forgot the second part of the note, which was like to turn on the oven. And so they came in and they were like, hey, you forgot to turn on the oven. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then the next night I was by myself and they left me another note. And I'm like, okay, I'm setting an alarm on my phone. I went and took out the food and I took it out at 4 a.m. They show up at 5. But when I take the food out, I'm like, this is like really frozen. Like there's no way this is going to defrost by 5. So she gets there and she's like, hey, this is still frozen. And I was like, yeah, you wrote on the note to take it out at 4. And she's like, no, that was yesterday. And I was like, oh, well, you didn't write a time on this one. I'm sorry. I, I thought that it was, wasn't going to be defrosted in time, but I didn't really know what you do with it like if you like defrost it yourself or you can put it in the oven like that like i don't know <clears throat> so yeah so i look basically like a complete idiot. <clears throat> yes you tried to do things per her request and you failed right yeah i, I just looked dumb and i didn't think to like s explain it like that of like why i didn't take it out earlier because like you know when you're caught off guard and you're like uh yeah sorry um i thought that it was supposed to come out at four yeah. Like, yeah, but I didn't explain that, like, I knew that it felt like it wasn't defrosted, but I didn't know if you do something else with it. I didn't say that. Yes, you just presented her with frozen ham. Right. It's actually Canadian bacon, which is basically ham. They're lying. It's not bacon at all. No, it's not. Um, those Canadians are weird. But yeah, so that's kind of a basic week um, of me embarrassing myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else? Uh, let's get into a positive note. So next week we will be doing Shark Week. Part one. Right, yeah. Oh my god, I'm so paranoid that recordings aren't going to work anymore. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I would have killed myself if this was Shark Week. Yeah. Because I'm excited for Shark Week. I know. It, it just sucks, man. Like, I, it's it was so disheartening. Like, I just want to get done with this app and never think about it again. Um, because it's it, you when you lose something, you know that the duplication is not going to be as good. You know what I mean? It's going to be, it just, it can't be. So, uh, that's why you don't remake things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, especially, like, right after you do them. 
Like, could you imagine if a movie came out and then like next week there was a remake of it? Yes. We are like, we are doing what foreign horror, what happens to the foreign horror. We are remaking Martyrs, even though it did not need remade. Right. Yeah. So, An American version. Uh, yeah. Shark Week's next week. It, the actual Shark Week starts tomorrow. And we kind of got a little bit of a head start because we're probably going to record that episode on Friday. Uh, but Shark Week will also in, uh, include Saturday and Sunday. So we kind of started two days early just to kind of make up for the, to get the full week's worth and I'm pretty excited. We at first we decided we thought we were just gonna do like the Jaws franchise, but pretty much everybody has done that, including me. Uh, so, are you getting deja vu? Does it feel like I've said this before? Yes, you kind of <laughs> word stuff in a more interesting way. <laughs> I said it exactly how I said it the first time. I know, and I did not comment on it because I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we decided what we're gonna do is just watch a bunch of shark movies individually probably including the jaws films i've already watched three of them uh so yeah and you know we're kind of just gonna poke around and get to whatever we can and maybe do some other stuff too i'm not really sure how we're gonna do it uh but we might throw in some other things i don't know i don't know uh maybe maybe uh maybe but yeah and i also watched the shark movie ahead of time no i i've watched three shark movies already i have watched i have gotten a head start i know it's cheating but i too got a head start yeah well i've watched three already again always ahead of you and everything yes um so yeah that'll be next week uh and just a quick little shout out um heather how do you say her last name Powell. Powell. I didn't know if it was Powell or something. Shut up! Uh, Heather Powell and Scott Crawford. I know how to say Crawford. Yeah, it's pretty much how it looks. Yeah, I'm good at reading. Um, in pronunciation. Pronunciation? Yeah, I'm good at that. Uh, so Scott and Heather have a show called Friday Nightmares. Um, I think it's on the Legion Network. And they actually just released a Shark Week episode. Now, I don't know if they actually... I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to. I don't know if they actually planned on coinciding it with Shark Week or it was just random summer horror. Sounded like a good idea to do sharks. But mm. Shark Week actually is a real thing. And it starts on August 9th and it runs to like the 16th or something. So, or the 18th. What is it? The 18th, 16th? It runs uh, till the 16th. 9th to the 16th. Yeah. So, I, like, I don't know if they know that or not, but if not, pretty cool coincidence. And if they did know that, they're undercutting us by a week, those bastards. Yeah, they stole our idea and I am sad. Right. Um, th- to be honest, I actually heard a show like seven years ago do a shark week on shark week so i stole their idea yes well i mean i'm sure a lot of people have done this idea maybe as it is Uh, shark week but yeah so we're gonna watch some shark movies it's gonna be fun check out um scott and heather's show friday nightmares uh, with the their Shark Week, it seems like they did a similar thing where they just watched a bunch of shark movies. So that's fun. There's a ton of shark movies. Uh, I mean, there was a good bit of them before the, you know, 
mid-2000s, but around the mid-2000s, they really started ramping them up with all the sci-fi ones. I'm mostly going to stay away from those and, and watch real shark movies. But the, the, like we could realistically do a shark week forever because there's so many of them. Yeah, dude, I was just looking at uh, 2B last night. I told you and, there was a uh, bunch on there, didn't I? Yeah, there's a bunch. <laughs> like, I was laughing out loud. It's <laughs> just some of the covers. Like, uh, I think one was called Shark House. And it was just a shark's mouth open and a house, like, going into the shark's mouth. Mm, there's some and it was, ones. And then there's, like, the, you know, shark versus Megalodon 5 or whatever. And it's just, yeah. like... Six and then shark attack. And I was gonna watch Shark House, but I saw it was an hour and fifty-two minutes, and that does not Hell sound deserved. No. Yeah. Hell to the mail. Yes. All right. So, um, and then after that, uh, we're gonna announce our episode after that too. We're gonna be doing Train to Busan Peninsula, which is the second film. Uh, have a screener of it. Pretty excited for that. Uh, you haven't yet to see the first one, so you do need to see that. I think it's like two and a half hours. So that's why I haven't watched it. It's really good, though. I really think that it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll dig it. So yeah, those are our next two eps. Uh, we also have Antebellum. It was announced for September nineteenth release date on VOD. We had a long conversation about that. In the previous episode, we're not going to bore you with that. Trust me, us, it was boring. It was horrible. You don't even want to hear that conversation. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that that whole uh, coming to VOD thing, the gist of it is we're afraid that theaters are going to go away. We think that they're good for the industry because I, I genuinely think films can make more money theatrically versus vod i think that's why you see a lot of the films not not pulling the trigger on the vod directly thing because it's too big of a risk uh and i think right now films are making good money because there's nothing to do but i think now that sports are coming back now that things are opening up i i assume that that's not going to be the case uh certain films like milan which disney is doing are of course going to make a bunch of money i also did some really impressive math on that episode on, on the first recording where i talked about how much how many uh buys mulan will need to achieve which i think it was like 133,000 people need to buy it for the 30 dollars price tag in order to hit what the disney films normally make in the u.s uh the live action ones which is around 400 million dollars so yeah did some impressive math it was pretty cool it was a good conversation i mean actually no that conversation sucked you you should be glad that we're not redoing it you kind of stumbled upon the math too it wasn't that good what you kind of struggled with the math so all in all the whole talk wasn't that great or intelligent no it was very good and intelligent so yeah antebellum that'll be coming in september kind of excited about that one looks pretty cool uh what else do we got um that's it for now i mean it feels good to actually have like our next two episodes planned out i'm pretty excited about that yeah same all right so do you want to get into some what we watched not really but yes okay um that was a good like two hour that was like probably an hour and a half it was yeah you're right okay all right so uh first of all the first film that i watched is too young the hero 
And the reason I watched this is because I saw that it was on Netflix. I watched Jarhead last week, or uh, and basically the it Netflix does that thing where it recommends a bunch of movies to you that are kind of similar. So basically like war movies. Uh, and Too Young the Hero popped up, and I was like, wait, is this, is that movie? And I, I was reading the synopsis, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is that movie I used to watch when I was a kid. So basically, when I was a kid, like, 11 or so years old, my pap was watching this movie, and I was like, what's this? And he's like, oh, it's really cool. It's about this movie. It's about this kid who uh, lies about his age and joins the Navy and fights in World War II. And I was like, wow, I'm 11. That uh, That's crazy because i can't imagine fighting in world war ii right now <laughs> i can't even imagine making my own dinner <laughs> <laughs> so uh i watched it back then i've seen it a few times but it's been it's been like 17 years or something since i've seen this damn thing i feel like um so i watched it and uh, it's 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 a good movie it's about this kid he's uh down on his luck his family's crappy um, he's, he, he is pretty much homeless and he decides to try to join the Navy. Uh, he ends up getting in, um, which is just insane to think about. Like, like he had, he's supposed to book 17 to join. Mm -hmm. So do you know any 12 year olds that look 17? No, but to be fair, I feel like back then everyone looked much older than they do now. Really? All the yeah. Did you ever notice that when you watch like an old movie or see an old video clip of like a seventeen-year-old or something, they look like they're in their twenties already. And it's just, <clears throat> I think it's because everyone was so proper and like had their hair all slicked. Like everyone just dressed so nice back then that I could maybe see it being bought. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Um. Yeah. That car was really loud. What the hell is their problem? Uh, so yeah, honestly, like when I was watching it, I thought like, okay, I'm going to take a couple of points away from this film because it seemed a little sensationalized for television. It is a TV movie. It is based on a true story. So I kind of was a little bit annoyed by that. But then I read that the guy who the film was based on actually said that 99% of the film is accurate. And I was like, okay. Cause there's like a rape, a suggested rape scene that happens to this 12 year old. And I'm like, wow, that's horrible. Uh, so I, you know, was going to take points away cause I thought they just made that up, but maybe they did it. Maybe that actually happened, you know? Yeah. So, it probably did. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good movie, honestly. And the real guy, he actually got dishonorably discharged from from the navy and he had he had a bunch of medals like a purple heart and a bronze star for his combat and he took damage he took shrapnel um while fighting as a 12 year old on a on a ship that was being attacked by planes with guns yes that is crazy and uh a, a few years later um Jimmy Carter gave him an honorable discharge and then Reagan gave back like most of his medals and made it to where he could um, receive the benefits that you get from serving. And then in 94, Bill Clinton, um, after his death, uh, reinstated his Purple Heart. So yeah, 
I give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Kuwaitan. Kuwaitian. Kuwaitan. 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 And this is a Japanese ghost story anthology film from 1964, which is pretty crazy. You know, that's that's pretty early film. Uh, It's has four stories, all of which have varying lengths, which spoiler alert is a problem. So the first story is called The Black Hair. And it follows a man who uh, divorces his bitch wife because he's tired of living in poverty. And he marries a new bitch wife who he marries for the fact that it's a wealthy um, family and they have a substantial status in, you know, socially. So he marries her, but he realizes she's a bitch and he wants to get back with his ex-wife so he moves back to his home presumably years later in which he his wife is still there almost eerily exactly how it was when he left which is creepy and then some stuff happens pretty good story i really liked it uh then it is the second story the woman of snow of the snow and this story is really good too Uh, It's the best story of the bunch, and it follows two woodcutters who are stuck in a huge snowstorm, and they find refuge at this little cabin. Uh, They fall asleep, and the one guy wakes up and sees his friend being murdered by a very beautiful woman. The beautiful woman approaches the young man and says, because of your youth and your handsomeness, I'm going to let you live. But if you ever tell anybody about me, I shall come and kill you. And so years and years go by and he kind of forgets about it. And then one night something triggers his memory and he begins to tell his wife the story of what happened to him and the young woodcutter. Pretty creepy, pretty creepy little story there. I really like that one. It's definitely the best. Good atmosphere. And then we have Hayochi the Earless. And this one follows like a young blind musician who plays some music for this dead emperor it's not good and it's like are they what's that are they related to huruku the goblin no um and he plays he plays uh this music for this dead emperor it's honestly the worst story it's the longest one it's like an hour and something it really just is painful to get through uh, and then the last story is in a cup of tea, which I don't really remember. That's the one I don't really remember. I was probably out of it by that point and didn't really care anymore. Um, overall, I say that the thing that's most interesting about this movie, one, it's all based on Japanese folklore. So that's cool. Uh, the second story, the woman in the snow, I think it, there's American versions of that story with um, a gargoyle in tales from the dark side, the movie. And uh, the third story, the longest one, it, it like it starts off g- cool because there's a really neat opening involving like a battle, which is it, it looks really neat. And that's the thing that's cool about all these three, four segments is the atmosphere and the setting and the visuals and the art style is just purely, you know, honestly, just amazing. 
like if it was if i was basing it on that it would be very high but the stories is, is the real problem i heard that uh criterion released this and i heard there's another version that either significantly reduces the runtime of the third story which is like an hour uh maybe longer into uh very shorter or removes it altogether and i think if it was just the three stories you would have two very good stories and one kind of mediocre one and it would have been a great anthology film especially from that era but instead that third story really hurts it for me so i gave it a 7 out of 10 maybe a 7.5 but it could have easily been an 8 or an 8.5 cool um, I feel like that one review is just as long as the first one yes uh, then uh, I watched A Nightmare on Elm Street which we'll get to at the end and after that uh, I watched Friday the 13th which we'll get to at the end um, and then we have Subspecies from uh 1991 is per my run through 91 this is a full moon film it follows a vampire named Redu who kills his father played by Angus Scrim because he's kind of a dick and he wants the bloodstone which is sort of this thing that makes him more strong there's also these three girls who venture to Romania on vacay and want to learn the history some vampirism stuff is plagued the town and I don't remember what Radu was wanting out of the girls or how they become in contact, but it's probably pretty basic. And they're trying to stop Radu and stuff like that. And there's this dude, love interest guy. Uh, the cool thing about this movie is the atmosphere. It's shot in Romania, which is neat. And there's a lot of scenes that are that take place like either at dusk or, or dawn but I think it's supposed to be nighttime, but it looks kind of daylight, so that's funny. <clears throat> and uh, Radu, he has these long fingers, they're cool. He has some cool makeup on his face, and there's these cool little minions. I like it. It wasn't as good as I remembered, but it's still pretty good for, you know, this is still high quality Full Moon. Like, pretty much all the Full Moon movies that came out this year were at least good. I can't say that's the case for many other years of full moon films. Yes. Uh, I gave it a seven. Then I watched the host, which, uh, fuck. I watched host. <laughs> I did it again. Uh, which was the shutter original. It, it's very interesting because the entire movie is only like 60 minutes long. It's like 59 minutes and it was filmed entirely on zoom during quarantine and it actually references quarantine pretty cool this is a new era of film it's it's interesting we're going to see a lot of films that reference quarantine now which is a historical moment in time that i'm sure down the road will be analyzed and sort of remembered so uh i would just say this because we might review it somewhere else it, i really liked it uh then we move on to star wars episode seven the force awakens uh, last year I started running through all the Star Wars films and I made it through like the first three. I did it chronologically uh, in terms of when they were released. So I watched New Hope, um, Emperor Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and then I watched the prequels. Uh, and I finally made it to the sequel series. So um, the interesting thing about the sequel series is it's uh, sequel, spinoff, sequel, spinoff, sequel. 
so um, I'll actually have five movies to get to. This is the first of five. Um, I honestly just don't really care for this movie that much. Uh, I think that it's pretty basic. It, you know, I like the characters. Uh, the coolest segment or the coolest side story is the that of the um, stormtrooper. It's probably the most depth in the film. Is is his little story. Um, Ray is cool. I like Kylo Ren, even though he's kind of whiny, but so was Darth Vader and, uh, you know, Anakin as well. So, so kind of in line with that. But overall, the story is just very basic. This girl finds out she's a Jedi, um, doesn't really train or learn anything, just naturally want a really gifted fighter, apparently. Um, which I get that certain Jedis do have a natural ability, but I feel like luke had to learn some stuff before he was super good uh ray just seems to be super good um you know she gets involved with the the you know people trying to stop the empire she kind of helps out it's a pretty basic movie really basic movie it's actually so basic that it's almost beat for beat the, the a new hope um the one thing that i'll say is the visuals are great there's some really cool visuals uh, i love the beginning stages of the planet that she's on at the beginning um there's a lot of cool stuff with that <clears throat> sorry uh i gave it a seven and a half out of ten i know you don't really like it yeah they are all basic right they're uh, all the same move we had a discussion on you said you didn't understand Star Wars. I kind of explained it to you, so you understand it, it now more. No, no that's you. <laughs> why are you trying to make yourself sound smart? All right. Anyway, moving on, we have uh, the Mighty Ducks. Uh, I decided to watch these, um, the trilogy here. Uh, so the Mighty Ducks. Uh, the first one, it's pretty fun. It follows a dude named um, Gordon Bombay, who is a lawyer. He gets in trouble. Uh, for drinking and driving, he's forced to coach a peewee hockey league. He doesn't like them at all. Um, he's just kind of going through the motion. And then he realizes that he likes the kids and he cares for them. And he has a change of heart and he takes them to sort of a championship run, uh, this peewee league. Uh, it, it's funny because your blind spot is hardball. And this movie is like very similar to hardball like even when they get like the uniforms and like it, it's very similar it's very similar it is hard puck yeah it's hardball in the hood hard or it's it's hockey and it's hard puck. whatever um so then i watched hardball which we'll get to later um then we watched i watched the resurrection which the resurrected from 1991 which was per my run through 91 39th watch for that one 323 overall uh so this is based on an hp lovecraft novella the Ch case of charles dexter ward uh i haven't read a single shred of lovecraft in my life i've read some poe never read any lovecraft uh but i'm pretty familiar with his work in terms of the films i've seen a lot of films based on lovecraft work and I've seen a lot of films that are described as Lovecraftian, so I kind of get the gist of it. Uh, the Resurrected is definitely one of the better films I've seen from the uh, adaptations. 
Uh, it follows a woman who's worried about her husband because he's doing all these weird experiments. She hires a private detective to look into it. The private detective looks into it, finds out this weird backstory involving um, the family lineage of the uh, husband and also sort of this weird experiments that this family was doing. Uh, and yeah, it's a pretty cool movie, pretty uh, good atmosphere there at the end. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better films of the 90s, or 91 at least. So yeah, pretty good. I recommend it. You haven't seen it yet. Yes, because I have not seen it because you did not watch it with me. Right. Uh, then I watched D2, The Mighty Ducks 2 from uh, 1994. Uh, I think this is everybody's favorite one. There's uh, a new, a uh, bunch of new hockey players that joined the Mighty Ducks team. Uh, Gordon Bombay is uh, gets a team coaching the or a job coaching the U.S. Uh, Pee Wee hockey team, uh, and they have to fight the big bad Polish team. And Bombay gets distracted by all the glitz and glam of being recognized and popular and on like magazine covers and stuff like that because he's leading the U.S. team, gets all these deals and starts changing his behavior and he forgets about the duck way of life. Uh, so he must regain that. Pretty good movie. Um, really, uh, it makes sense why people think this is the best one. Uh, after that, I got D3, The Mighty Ducks, 1996. Uh, this one follows the ducks as they're kind of entering, you know, teenager, dumb adulthood. And they get a scholarship to this prestigious school. Um, and I forget what it was called. Eden Hall. And they are the JV team and they're beefing with the varsity team. Uh, the, the lead of the film is taken over by Charlie because um, Emilio Estevez is kind of a back character in this one. And he's sort of struggling with the change of life, like changing um, with, you know, the coach, the ducks, everything's different now and he can't really handle it. Uh, but it's a metaphor for, you know, adulthood and, and going into that. Uh, so it's it's a pretty good movie. I think in terms of depth, it's actually the best Mighty Ducks movie. I think you can make an argument this is the best one. The only thing that kind of holds it back is the conflict in the film. The, the, the sort of mean hockey conflict is that the JV team is not as good as the varsity team and varsity team is mean and there's going to be a big showdown at the end of the movie and it's like well you just kind of had like the peewee olympics before that so it's much less dramatic and the right. stakes are much lower oh that was it <gasps> really i rattled through those pretty dang fast if i do say so myself yes i was I've... starting to get nervous at the start but then you you did well i feel like i did well recreating that yeah you did you did. So it is my turn now to read through all these moves, part two. Um, so first up, um, as I said, I went on a trip with my mother and we watched a few movies late at night because HBO was on the TV. And one of those movies was School of Rock from 2003. Now I've obviously seen this one before. Um, 
it's a comedy with Jack Black and he always Jack Blackness. Um, I like Jack Black. I'm a fan of him. Uh, I know a lot of people he's an acquired taste for. Um, you really have to be with him or against him because he pretty much is playing the same type of character in all of his movies besides like King Kong 2005. Um, but School of Rock, of course, this is the movie where Jack Black, he plays this kind of uh, loser, if you will, uh, guy who has aspirations of being like a rock star, but he's not that great. And um, his roommate is a substitute teacher and kind of like a peon type guy. And he also has this girlfriend who's like a bitch. And uh, the roommate, he basically gets called for a job one day and Jack Black uh, pretends to be him and goes in for the job and then he teaches these kids how to rock. Um, now I am a big fan of School of Rock. It is funny to me every time I watch it. I just really enjoy it. I haven't seen it for years and uh, this was a nice little rewatch because I thought I don't know if it's going to hold up as well. And for me it does. I think it's uh, just a good fun little comedy. Um, I used to think that Jack, for some reason, I used to think he was like the substitute teacher for them for like months or like the entire school year, or at least half of the school year. And I used to think like, wow, like this isn't that funny. They're going to have to repeat fourth grade. But then at the end of the movie, they mentioned how it was only a three week run. So it was literally a month that he was subbing these kids. So that's not that bad, but completely unrealistic type of film. But I have fun with it. I know you're not a big fan of it, but you're stupid. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I hate it. Yeah, you're a hate hair. So, uh, yeah, that's that one. And then after that, um, another movie we watched together, uh, my mom and I, was John Q uh, from 2002. Um, this is a movie I remember watching a few times when I was young. My mom would always have it on, so I knew the concept of it. Um, it wasn't that fresh in my memory, so I was like... Actually, it was kind of funny because we were watching it and then some depressing scene happened and my mom was like, okay, that's enough of that and like changed the channel and then she was trying to find something to watch and I was like, I was actually watching that film and she was like, oh, I thought it was sad. So she went back to it and we finished it, but John Q, uh, Denzel Washington, of course, uh, plays a dad who's trying to desperately get a transplant heart transplant arranged for his son because they find out they don't have insurance to cover it and it's thousands of dollars to pay out of pocket which they also do not have so he ends up taking the ER hostage and um the cops get involved and he's just really would just want his son on the donor list is always looking for and he'll be good um very you know good movie very sad movie uh very relevant type of movie unfortunately because you know this type of stuff does happen you know people are you know you're supposed to treat people the doctors are have an oath to treat the people but it really does all kind of come down to insurance and methods of payment and then all that and just certain there's like loopholes and stuff like that with elective surgeries which is what this kid is faced with so um you know there's a lot of messages there and it just shows how some people can be cold-hearted and some people really are just in it for the money and Denzel and is amazing in it. He is, yes. He is very, very good in this movie. Very just great father figure. It's so, it's just so emotional, you know, when he's calling his son up and his son's just all, you know, worn out on the hospital bed. Um, very good stuff. Uh, very, the ending is super sad and makes me cry every time, even as a little kid. It's like one of the first movies I ever really got emotional about. 
Uh, but it's also a happy ending in a sense at the same time, so that is cool. Then after that, uh, Dr. Sleep was on as well, and I wanted my mom to see this because she wanted to see it when it came out, but never got the chance to. And I was curious how she would feel about it, because I told all I told her really was it's like the sequel to The Shining, and it's actually, you know, based off Stephen King's book, so it's not just like a bull, bullshit type of sequel, it's really based off his novel. Um, and I didn't know if she was going to like it or not, and I kind of got the consensus that she really didn't care for it too much. But she also fell asleep before the final act, which is some of my favorite stuff because it's very Shining-esque where they go back to the hotel and everything. She kind of missed the entire ending there, so I think she would have enjoyed that. But I ended up liking this movie a lot more uh, the second time around. Uh, I had only seen it in theater back when it came out, and thought it was good, but I wasn't as in love with it as everyone else seemed to be. Did it make you um, top 10? No, it was like on the. It was like probably twelve or eleven though, yeah, on my list think, of yeah, rankings. It, I think it was pretty high on mine, like five or six or something. Yeah, I think it made most people's lists, but for me, I think I gave it like an eight out of ten. Um, this time around, I gave it a nine out of ten. I just got more invested in the story once I knew. It's one of those things where I knew what I was getting into this time around, and I appreciated the new story it comes up with, as well as the nods to The Shining, which of course is my favorite horror movie, so um, very good stuff. And the movie flew by a lot faster this time than it did the first time I saw it, so I enjoyed it. Then after that, um, I watched Hostel 2 from 2007, a movie that was given to me by uh, Austin, but I actually found out I already owned it, and that is completely my fault. He even asked if I owned it, and I said, no, I've never bought a Hostel movie ever, and I want to put this on the shelf, and I own the exact Blu-ray copy of it, so I am dumb. That is my fault. But well, you can give me one, because I don't own it on Blu-ray. I think you gave it to me on Blu-ray. I didn't. I swear. I, sw- I promise I did not buy Hostel. Unless... I was going to say unless I got it in Horror Pack, but I don't think that was... I don't think that's a movie that they put out. But I will give you a copy then, because, like I said, it's the same exact copy. So that works out. Anyway, Hostel 2. Um, I've always liked this one a little bit more than the first one. Um, I just like the aspects it has where you're seeing the uh, guys who are plotting to go kill the, you know, they're the ones who sign up and win the bidding to go and torture these girls and kill them. And you're kind of seeing their side of things as well as the victim side of things where the first one it's just it's all everything's kind of new and you're being introduced to it this one you already know the type of story you're getting into and uh you're getting to see behind the scenes of why these people might want to do this and uh stuff like that so i enjoy it i think i enjoy the girls in it as well just the female characters um i like how it all wraps up too it's very satisfying type of ending for me so yeah, I like Hostel too. Uh, they're not my favorite movies in the world, but I do think it's good. I gave that an 8 out of 10. And then after that, I watched Frailty from 2001. Um, fantastic movie. I'd only seen it once before and was hoping it would hold up as well this time. And it does. Um, it was one of those ones where I felt like I would only need to really watch it one time. But um, watching it this time, I liked it pretty much just as much as I liked it that first time around. Um, it's good stuff. I mean, Bill Paxton, Paxton is great as the... Um, you know, dad. Uh, he's a great father figure type who seems very innocent and um, down to earth. And then, you know, one day the stuff happens and he thinks he's talking to God and God's telling him he has to kill these demons. And just seeing him talk with his sons, it's very heartbreaking in a way because he's all they really have. And he's 
seems to be losing it, or is he? You don't know if he's truthful and really talking to God, or he's lost his mind and has psychological problems. And one of the sons is on his side, and the other is not. And the acting from the sons is uh, fantastic as well. The little twisty thing he did at the end is really good. Um, solid, solid movie. I think I gave that an 8.5 out of 10. Um, might even give that a 9, honestly. It's really good. Then after that, I watched the Masters of Horror episode, The Washingtonians. I just picked this up recently um, at, I think, CD Warehouse. So figured I would watch it. First time watched, 2007. Um second season uh, and i think it's actually the second to the last episode i think it's episode 12. um i didn't care for it too much you know it's about a family whose grandmother dies and uh they go out to her house they find an old painting of george washington in her basement and there's a note behind it that's kind of sinister and it's supposedly from the real george washington himself kind of alluding to killing people and cannibal being cannibalistic and um then there's these people called the Washingtonians who are really big on keeping the legacy of Washington alive while keeping his reputation safe. And they start, you know, going after this family. And uh, I thought it was just a little too goofy and over the top. And, uh, you know, I kind of said this is like, I like the first season of The Masters of Four because I think they're a little bit more serious than this whole second season as a whole. And I prefer that. Uh, there's actually some genuinely scary ones in the first season where, and atmospheric ones, where this one, I feel like a lot of them are goofy and this one is no exception. So gave that like a six. Um, then after that, I actually watched Hostel from 2005, the first one. So I kind of watched, you know, them out of order, but also gave me this as well on DVD, which I luckily did not own. So I was right on that one. Um, I always thought Hostel was a very brutal, depressing movie, kind of like I say about the Saw franchise. So I never really had much interest in revisiting this first one, where I find the second one's a little more, I, I just have a little more fun with it and find it more interesting. Um, this one in my head, I always thought was a lot more depressing than it really is. But you do get a lot of scenes with the guys just kind of uh, partying and trying to get girls and stuff like that at the start. And the scenes you spend in the actual torture factory aren't as um, drawn out as I'd always thought they were. Um, they're honestly kind of, it, it kind of happens and then that's it. And then the final act, of course, is Paxton trying to escape from the place. And I enjoyed those elements of it. So uh, this is probably my first uh, most positive or the best watch I've had with the film um, gave this an 8 out of 10 as well it's kind of on par with the sequel for me they kind of go hand in hand at this point and then finally I watched High Tension from 2003 another one that was a revisit for me that I never really thought about running back to but um, you know I watched it and um, I thought it was solid once again of course you know it's about two girls are going to the one girl's um, families house to just visit and um something goes awry there's like a madman who breaks in and he ends up taking the one girl hostage and the girlfriend uh is going after them the whole movie and trying to get uh the girl back and save her um and then of course there's a big little twist thing at the end so i think it's a really good movie very solid you know one of the french extremes it's pretty pretty brutal and um not one that i would go back to a whole lot but i think it's a very solid solid film um gave that i think an 8 out of 10 as well so then after that i guess we can talk about our driving experience yay yeah um we watched nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th 
We did. Um, and I was just going to say, this was actually my second time seeing that double feature at the drive-in because our drive-in has done that one before. I think done it was it two twice October before. Ago. Really? Have, okay. Yeah. yeah, but we didn't. neither of us went to the second one. I missed the first one because I had to work. Uh, yeah. So I was happy to finally get a chance. Uh, I am a little bummed that it's always like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and not like part twos of either of them or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really quickly, um, I know we had a pretty big conversation on why you don't like Elm Street. I won't go over that. I, not that you don't like it, but that you don't love it like me. I uh, won't go over that again. But yeah, to me, I think that the original Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the best horror films, um, at least in terms of uniqueness. I think that Freddy Krueger is by far the most unique killer, and I love the concept behind him. I also love the look of him, you know, the burnt skin, the dirty brown hat, the red and green sweater, uh, the, you know, um, glove is amazing i mean the glove is probably the most coolest weapon in all of horror history and it's super unique i think that the scene with tina um from the time she wakes up in her dream or you know is dreaming uh to the time she dies is is one of the best sequences in horror uh there's so many moments in that sequence from the long arms to freddie ripping his face off to him cutting his fingers standing behind the thing to the actual death uh so good um i think the only thing i never really cared for was the ending and i used to give it a lower rating uh because of that ending but i decided to just say screw it because it's such a good movie on other aspects and and so unique and and such a important film in horror history that i just give it a 10 now so i have up my rating well maybe we should lose episodes more often because you did not go hard on me this time and you were nice (laughs) but i give it an 8 out of 10 um it's just not one that i go back to a whole lot and that's kind of my thing i prefer part two that's probably the one i've seen the most oddly enough um well i mean freddy versus jason i've probably seen the most out of anything but uh yeah so nightmare on elm street i think it is good i think it does have good parts just honestly not one of my favorite films of all time and i really didn't grow up on it so the nostalgia factor is not really there because i think it's one of those one one of the rare ones that my mom didn't want me to watch because she thought it was gross and she thought it would gross me out so i didn't see it till a little bit later but so yeah, and then we watched Friday the 13th, which I am a big fan of that first one. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's the first movie. It's uh, not as amped up. It doesn't have Jason in it, in it of course. And um, Technically has it some... does have Jason in it, but I get what you're Wait. saying. First, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I just think it's like, I enjoy the simplicity of it. I enjoy the atmosphere of it with the raininess and just the small town look to everything when you do see aspects of the town. Um, and I like the characters. I like how they're just kind of hanging out and then everything kind of goes wrong. And I like Mrs. Voorhees. I think she's creepy because she's not who you would expect to ever be a killer. And um, she's freaky. Mm-hmm. So that's just my feels on Friday. Yeah, again, um, this was never my favorite Friday, 
and the reason why for me was just because I thought it was just lesser like it has lesser characters than some of the sequels um, the killer is off screen almost the entire film and uh, the you know it, it's kind of a simple one but I think now why I like it and it was because I saw it in the theater it really hit me and it's like the atmosphere I love how the atmosphere feels more natural in this one than any of the sequels it does just feel like a bunch of kids out at a cabin and really feels like it could happen so I really like that about it and I, I, I love the rain in this one it just feels like a rainy summer day to me I really yeah. like that so yeah this one has come up significantly in my Fridays uh, now I my favorite is four two five three six or six three and then this one when this one used to be like bottom three for me yeah um, I think mine would be like five one two three or one five two three so i do like i do prefer the earlier fridays before zombie jason everything now but um that always kind of changes for me uh as i said it's uh like part seven and part eight i used to love when i was a kid and now it's like i don't those are probably the ones i care for the least out of the eight the first the, eight that the is. one that dropped most for me is part seven i used to love part seven used to be my favorite at one time when i was a kid yeah uh and it's dropped a lot for me um and i think it's a lot to do with like the the lead i don't really like her that much yeah me neither um what's her name Kristen or something i don't even remember it's tina, tina. yeah yeah and uh the characters i just don't think they're as good as as some of the other ones but i love jason in that one he's really cool um but for me the one that's kind of i've liked to watch lately is eight um, just because it's like the one that I haven't really watched often uh, recently. I watched it a lot when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, and that that tends to happen. Like I, there was a while where I hadn't watched three in a long time, so I was really enjoying watching three again. But whatever ones that I don't watch frequently are usually the ones that I want to watch, uh, which mm -hmm. I guess makes sense. But yeah, uh, I have, I've used to never rate the Friday films high, but I, I think I'm like at 8.5 on the original. Yeah. Um, I give it, I always give it like 8.5 or nine. I gave it nine this time around cause I, I just really like it. I think it is a good slasher movie, especially if you compare it to like any other uh, slasher movies of the time. It's, there's a reason why it's in the top tier so but that was our drive-in um it was a nice night too it wasn't too mm -hmm. hot that time yeah. around so that was a plus so <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely cooling off at night now and you can tell the summer is like starting to go away a little bit yeah which i'm excited like i'm happy I'm, i like i we had a nice summer but i'm happy for fall it started mm -hmm. it, it felt like fall the other day when i walked outside and it just automatically gave me that like chills of yay can't wait but so uh, then lastly, uh, we will get into my blind spot of the week, which was Hardball from 2001, starring Keanu Reeves, um, aka Mighty Ducks in the Hood, as you call it. But yeah, so Hardball, um, this is about um, basically this guy 
who uh, you see at the beginning that he is kind of in trouble because he owes two different people a substantial amount of money and he simply does not have said money and they are angry and are out for blood kind of for him. So he's trying to come up with all these solutions and he goes to this guy and the guy pretty much says that he'll help him out, he'll give him a loan, he'll, you know, pay him $500 it's either a week or every two weeks uh, to, um, okay, yes, 500 a week, um, you know, send him a check to basically coach this little league team of uh, these boys, um, an African-American team that are in the inner city area. And uh, he's supposed to like help coach, but then he shows up there and finds out he's kind of been swindled into coaching the team all by himself. And at first he's kind of like, oh man, like I don't, I'm not really good with kids. I don't want to do this and all that. And uh, as he starts kind of doing it, you know, he's, he's doing it, he's getting his payment. So uh, he can't really complain. And um, he starts taking a liking to the kids and being a little understanding of the importance of the sport for them because they do live in a bad rundown area with a lot of bad gangs and things like that around. So he kind of understands that and knows it's important to them and he wants to start taking it more serious and being a good coach for them. So that's kind of the movie and then something so sad happens at the end. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I I do like these films that uh, deal with kind of the bad side of life, especially with kids because you just feel it's all the more sad to see them grow up that way and to see them have a distraction like a sport or play an instrument or do any activity that does make a difference and we see that in real life too where if you're distracted by an activity or some talent that you have then you're pretty much going to be good in life uh probably because you aren't well, involved you focus with... on it yeah like if yeah if you take it serious and it's and you make it, you revolve your life around it pretty much, then you're not going to be worried about doing drugs or, you know, killing people or freaking running the streets or anything like that. So that's what you get in this movie and you get a lot of aspects of that. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I like Keanu Reeves' character. I think he, I think he's really good in the film. Um, you know, especially at the end when you do get that really sad parts he kind of gives a speech and it's a uh, very emotional that made me sadder than the actual big impact moments um because he makes you believe that he really really cared about the uh kids so i liked it a lot um not really much i didn't like um you know there's kind of like this little romance thing going on with him and one of the teachers that i kind of felt was almost unnecessary it was just kind of there to be there but other than that i thought it was a solid little story so. mm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great movie uh, set in Chicago. There's a lot of things to like about it. Uh, I used to not really care for the gambling aspect of it, but as an adult, I kind of get it more, and it actually fuels the story really well and actually has a lot of, like, anxiety-driven moments in it where I actually, like, feel, like, whoa, like, scared for him and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, I think that the performance of Keanu Reeves is great in this film. I like all the kids. They're all unique and, and have their own cool moments and stuff like that really good acting there from all the kids uh just a, just a good movie overall and i, I like I, I like stories like this apparently this is based on a true story i don't know how accurate or what the story is but pretty cool movie 
I, I, I've, I don't know why I picked this one for you, but I just remember. I think I, a lot of these I picked for you is because I want to rewatch them. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. I figured I, that. I gave it an eight point five. Yeah, I gave it the same rating, an eight point five. So um, good movie, good movie. I am still winning, but good movie. No, um, you're not. Uh, so ne- we need to decide something here. So are we going to re-roll the blind spot? I guess we can because you were pretty butthurt about what it landed on. Okay, so don't reveal that. But we're going to go ahead and re-roll the blind spot. Uh, we're actually going to do two because we're going to skip next week just to focus on Shark Week. So we will actually be skipping next week and we will do two on the following episode we shall so um let's see here for me my blind spot is going to be waiting waiting why is it taking so long uh okay so i got the same one as last time so we're not we're not gonna i I got the room again (laughs) Oh, oh okay uh doing it again and we have the boy in the striped pajamas. It is pretty. I honestly haven't watched that in a while. Um, we watched that in high school, I remember, in a class, and it was sad. Then I think I watched it on TV as well, but it is, it is kind of sad, buddy. I'm not going to lie. All right, and I'm going to do yours next. All right. And you have Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead from 1991. All right, it will be a 91 move as per my run through 91. <laughs> yeah, it has horror connections with Danielle Harris. Yes, you gave me that one on DVD to watch too, so. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. so those will be for not next week, but the week after. Um, we will have two blind spots. So with that said, let's jump into our featured review, which is going to be Dead Dicks. Yes. Alright, I'll give a synopsis. Um, Dead Dicks. After Becca receives a distressing call from her suicidal brother, Richie, she rushes over to his apartment and finds him alive and well, surrounded by copies of his own dead body. So, uh, yeah, this is a horror comedy, um, drama in a way. Um, black black comedy, I guess. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Courtesy of Art Exploitation, uh, I love Art Exploitation releases. They're a lot of fun. Um, they usually get some interesting films. Yeah, Dead Dicks uh, is sort of have that has that like Groundhog Day vibe to it, but not a ton. It's just, it just has like a little aspect of it because the guy can die and come back to life. Uh, I think that what I like about this movie is the relationship stuff. I think that the sister and uh, brother um, relationship is pretty interesting. I know you mentioned uh, on the last time we talked about this that you felt like it almost felt like a romantic type thing in a way. Yes, they were definitely banging. Which I agree. It does. It does. You get and it even makes it weirder because um, he's naked a couple times in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get full frontal male nudity in this one. Um, uncircumcised male nudity, which I know is your favorite. No, it is quite gross. Please, listen, if you have kids, circumcise them. <laughs> I am, so, like, 
there are people who believe that that's wrong and that it's like giving if it, it would be the same as giving them like a tongue piercing at the age of birth no they want circumcised they will thank you later they will hate you later if they're not I'm just putting that out there. Like, I have a friend on Facebook who is like that, and she had another kid. I was praying it was a girl, but it was a boy. And I'm just thinking, like, that poor kid. That's all I'm saying. Jeez. What? Um, yeah, I didn't have any say in it. What? I I just got circumcised. I didn't have a say. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Well, what if I want my foreskin? Nobody wants that. <laughs> Because the girl, like, most people don't have that. And then when girls go to bang, they're going to be like, what is that? Like, um, think about it. If you're if you're the girl's, like, fifth lay, and uh, she has already been with four other lays, and they have had circumcised peep, then she's going to see your peep and be like, whoa, that's not, a, that's not the peep I signed up for. Um, yeah, I remember when I first, I didn't know that there was, I, I thought all penises looked like Me like too. Mine. And I remember seeing an uncircumcised one and was really confused on what that was. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant for a long time. And then, like, uh, same with me. I always just figured, I always thought a penis just looked like a penis. And that was it. Dude, but think about it. Like, somebody actually came up with that. <laughs> I mean, isn't it to, like, avoid, avoid like, infection or cleanliness or something? I, I mean, yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah, but I it, it's kind of weird that somebody would have came up with that. It is weird because it's like that's part of your natural body. So right, we don't do anything else with that, right? Like yeah, besides haircuts, I guess. Yeah, and we and we do that later in life. And like, there's other parts of the body that can be infected. Too, so it's like, yeah, yeah. Who thought like? Yeah. Huh. Anyway, Dude, so who was the first one to do that? I know. Uh, anyway, this movie—it's uh, called Dead Dicks because the lead character's name is Richie, short for Richard. Which short is for Dick. Not short. It's Dick. Long, long for Dick. Long, no, it's just an uh, an alias of, di- of Dick. It is long for uh, Dick. Dick is an alias of Richard. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that like. I agree that the comedy is sort of a weird beat because it's like serious mental illness stuff, but it, it has comedy in it. So I, I do, I, I can see where you're coming from that that kind of might conflict or uh, muddy the message. I, I get that, but it just didn't bother me, I guess. And I think that the movie was just cool because I was like, where's this going? It was easy to watch because I just wanted to know what was going to happen. Uh, I know you had problems with the ending. Uh, I did not. I didn't. I didn't necessarily like feel strongly positively about it either. But I just didn't have a problem with it. Uh, and then I think that it gets weird. It's definitely weird. There's some stuff that's not really explained, but you just kind of roll with it, and it's like, okay, this is the world we live in. Uh, and I think that the it would have been nice. It would have been cool if there was more actual suicides in it, and the bodies like piled up even more and more because it would have been like, <laughs> how do we deal with this problem? Uh, but yeah, overall, I thought it was uh, pretty good. I mean, yeah, um, I I did have an issue with the uh, comedy. It's supposed, to, you know, it feels like a horror comedy first and foremost when you're watching it, and then it does take kind of a dramatic turn, especially like in the second half, and then it's all about depression, and I just feel like 
it almost made it seem, it was trying to make things seem like okay in a way, and I just didn't really care for that. The movie, like, I was intrigued by the film. Uh, it's definitely kind of a unique little idea that they had here, uh, but I just, what, I just didn't care for it too much. Um, it, it got to the point where I was kind of like, okay, let's get on with it, and then I just didn't understand what message they were really trying to go for here. If any, they might not have even been wanting to show a message it might have just been like we're gonna show a message not really and then the ending was just one of those endings where you're like is that really gonna be it are the credits gonna rule right now and then they did so yeah yeah i really wasn't a big fan of it all right let's get into our letterboxd okay get into it go ahead no i was ready and now i'm not <laughs> I was ready last time, I swear. I have all these things that say docs on my thing. Okay, um, okay, I have the letterboxed up, so I must now, I must now look for a review and stall. Yeah, uh, stall? just do the positive and negative, because I have everything shut down here to avoid oh, any disasters no. right now. <laughs> okay, um, so I'll do Dustin Baker's review, our kind of go-to here, um, which he gives it, a, or his positive review, he gives it a um, three and a half stars. So um, he says, does an excellent job of balancing two very different tones into something cohesive, bringing a macabre sense of humor to a sensitive and thoughtful look at the idea of suicide, making something that's fun and empathetic at once. The core of the film is a simple S esoteric one and thankfully doesn't get too bogged down with the mechanics letting us just dive into the oddball story and the characters but also not letting a chance for effed up joke or death scene slide by unscathed one of the examples of why being ocd with all these god dang vod movies can sometimes lead to fun finds yeah i mean i can't like i just don't really i don't know to me it didn't mix that well but that's just me because it's not really mixed me it was like almost a tonal shift at the end but i can understand some people seem to not agree with that most people do at least but let's see negative review let me just see here let me look yeah um i think that you got one do you want me to read the long one again and just cut it off like you could do whatever you want I see, I see, I see. I do see. I'll just read, I don't know, I'll read a smaller one. It's, I mean, it's a two and a half star. It says, interesting premise and the way it's handled is great. Personally, not much of the film did float my boat, so to speak. It's just not really my cup of tea, sadly. I agree with you, Sarah Collins. <laughs> that was a sucky review. <laughs> All right, dude, I got nervous because I knew that one review had a lot of spoilers and I didn't want to read spoilers. All right, and um, her favorite films are Naked, The Pyramid, The Inbetweeners 2, and Cooties. You had like weird. sucky films, it looks like, Sarah. Weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, all right. My rating is a 7.5 out of 10. Mine is a 6 out of 10. All right, so with that said, this is episode number 29, part 2. Uh, I am very sad that we lost our full recording of the last episode. But I couldn't be more happier to be done with this. Because we literally started this at what time? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. And it's 3 p.m. right now. So literally wasted like my whole day. I got to go into work tonight. 
Um, and I enjoyed our first recording, but the second recording, it's just repeating the same stuff over again. It's not fun. Nope. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see you guys next time. Hope you enjoyed Shark Week next week. I'm excited for that. So peace out. Peace.